0: Well, are you a good listener? I think a lot of us might struggle with listening. We hear a lot of things, at least some of us do, but do we really listen to what's being said to us? Before I came here, I worked in human resources. I was a human resources generalist, and one of the things that I would do is I would sit at my desk and I would take phone calls all day from... Employees around the country that had complaints, or managers that had complaints about their employees. And I was called to just listen to complaining all day long. That sounds like a fun job, right? <laughs> no. So sometimes when you get to in this rut of listening to complaining, you might miss out on details. Uh, Sometimes people are complaining and and they actually have real reason to complain. And sometimes you might hear things that might be illegal or or things that, that might get the company in some sort of lawsuit. So you're supposed to listen very well to that. And sometimes your mind might go somewhere else or you're just looking for something to reply back to them. So one of the things that my boss did is she had a book for me to read. It's Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Most of us have heard of this book, right? One of the things that this book says is whenever it talks about listening, we typically do not listen to understand. We listen to make a reply. And the problem with that is when you're trying to formulate a reply or a response to someone while they're speaking to you, you miss out on what's being said. And that probably happens to a lot of us, that we're missing out on what's being said to us because we're just looking to respond with what we want to say. And that happens a lot with children and parents. We wonder why they're not listening to us if you're a parent. And your spouse might be wondering why you're not listening to them when they ask you to do things. But we sometimes fail to listen. It's bad enough to fail to listen to people at work or to listen to your spouse or listen to your parents. But what's really bad is when we fail to listen to what God's saying to us. We fail to hear what he's saying to us or, or, or he's speaking, but we fail to truly listen and respond in the way that he calls us to respond. We finished a series on the, the apostles last spring, and, and uh, if you read about the apostles, you find they struggled to listen to Jesus, at least to really understand what he was saying. And and Cassidy, I have a little video of of disciples right Son here. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Uh-huh. What? Okay. Uh, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, uh, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days. Oh, fish. I like to fish. I'm going to die. All right? I'm going to literally die. And in three days, I'm going to come back to life. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to literally die. Oh, <laughs> I totally get it now. I, I totally get it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Dude. I actually have no idea. Okay, let's just circle back to the fish. That's the apostles, right? But isn't that us so often? When we hear from God and either we fail to understand what he's saying or we fail to listen to what he's saying or maybe we do hear what he's saying and we just fail to respond in a way that shows that we believe what he says to us was important. What he says to us was something that should make us make a change in our life. We finished the series last week of meeting God on the mountain and what was great about this series, it was all these times when people met with God, and God spoke to them verbally on the mountain, and they were able to see these awesome things from God. Moses, when he go up to the mountain, he, he got to uh, speak with God, and God gave him these commands, and the people of Israel were all gathered around Mount Sinai, and they heard the word of God. They, it, it was like trumpet blasts, and, 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 and lightning, and thunder, and rumbling, and it scared them, but they heard The words of God and it's kind of neat to be able to hear the words of God right or it would be neat except sometimes we uh, might not hear what God's saying to us maybe we're distracted by the things of this world and maybe we just don't know when God's pulling at our heartstrings and is the problem that God is not speaking to us or is the problem that we're not listening? The problem is we're being so distracted that we don't hear what God is trying to say and that's what brings us to our lesson today. We're talking about a man named Samuel. Actually, he's a, he's a young boy at this time. And Samuel is an interesting uh, person. We have two books in our Old Testament about Samuel. Samuel was the last judge for Israel, Samuel was a priest. Samuel was a prophet. And Samuel was the son of a God-fearing woman named Hannah. And Hannah couldn't have a child, but God blessed her with a child. And she decided to dedicate this child's life to the service of God. And, and Samuel grew up in God's tabernacle. And he worked for a priest named Eli. And Eli was... An okay priest, I guess, except his main issue was he had two sons that did evil in the sights of of God. And he didn't do enough to rein his sons in. He allowed them to remain evil. And it talks in 1 Samuel 2, verse 15 about Eli's sons. And one of the things that it says was Eli's sons would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so it could be used for roasting. These are the sacrifices that were taken to the tabernacle to be sacrificed on behalf of the people's sins, well, his sons would take that meat. And it says, the one offering the the sacrifice would reply, take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. That's what God uh, called for, was that the fat was to be burned off of the meat. That was the sacrifice supposed to be given to God. But Eli's sons would demand, no, give it to me now, or I will take it by force. Eli's sons, which were about to inherit This position as the priests of Israel were doing so much wrong for God. Or to God and to the people of Israel. They were taking advantage of the people and it tells in other passages where they took advantage of women that were coming up to the tabernacle. They took advantage and they weren't doing what God called them to do, their priestly positions. and So God had a task for Samuel. The problem was the people weren't hearing what God was saying. And it's probably because they were so filled with sin that the voice of God was not heard in Israel all that often. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 it says, "The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions" God would speak to the people so often in the Old Testament, but it seemed like less and less was God speaking to the people, but it's probably because the people weren't listening. The people had their lives filled with sin, and they had no room to hear what God was going to say, and if we're not going to listen, why would God speak to us? And maybe that's what we might be thinking right now, when when do we hear the voice of God? And it might not be that we're talking about an audible voice of God. I don't know if that still happens, that God speaks to us audibly, but I do know that the Holy Spirit can reach us, and I think there are things that can happen where we feel it tugging at our heartstrings. We feel God trying to move us, and when we listen to his word, I believe true servants of God can hear what he wants us to do see how he wants us to pursue him jesus tells us in matthew chapter 7 he says matthew 7 7 ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be open We sing the song, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and that's what this song is all about, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Do we believe that that's true? That we can speak to God? That God hears us? Do we believe if we knocked on the door, we would recognize who God was and what he wanted from us in our life? So what should we be asking of God? Should we be asking for the nice things? I think God is telling us to ask for joy. I think God wants us to ask for life. But where do we get joy and where do we get life? It's not necessarily through just the nice things of this world. Think about... If I'm blessed enough to live a long life on this earth. When my time comes, I would love to be surrounded by the ones I love. I would love to have a hope in knowing where I'm going to be going from here. And probably I'm not going to be thinking about, I just need to see that jet ski one more time, right? And I don't have a jet ski, so if God wants to bless me with that, that's good too. But what should we be asking of God? What does He want us to listen for? What does He want us to seek? He tells us in the Lord's Prayer, He says, we should be asking for our daily bread. We should ask for the things that sustain us in life. And we should be asking for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. Too often we're asking for the wrong things and too often we're listening To the wrong people. And maybe that's why we don't hear God speaking to us because we're looking for others to tell us how to live our life. We're looking for joy in other people and other things. And this is what happens with Samuel. It says in Samuel chapter 3, verse 2 One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down again. The Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. The Lord is calling Samuel. Samuel is sleeping in the place of the Lord where the the Lord's ark is, where the Lord is called to meet with his people. And God is calling out to Samuel, but Samuel is not listening to God. Samuel wants to go and hear from someone else. Even though it's God that Samuel should be listening to, it's God's house that he's in. But Samuel goes to listen to someone else. And I am not up here thinking that I would be better than Samuel. How often, when God is trying to speak to me, do I look to other people? And do I look to other things and and choose to do my will instead of the will of God? Choose to look at where other people might be leading me instead of where God would be leading me. Think of how much more God could accomplish through me if I were to listen when he speaks. And I'm probably not alone. That the kingdom of God would probably grow exponentially if we listened when God spoke to us. Last week we spoke about the Great Commission to go out and make disciples, baptizing and teaching in the name of Jesus. How much more effective if we actually listen to that instead of listening to the things of this world. Or maybe we're like Peter in that little clip that we saw. And God's speaking and he hears it, but He maybe he just doesn't understand. And I believe that for us that don't understand, God gives others the ability to teach us, to hear what the words of God mean. In verse 7, God has given Eli a specific task. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the word of the Lord, for the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. At a third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized the word of the Lord, he realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Samuel doesn't know the voice of the Lord, but Eli does. And God has given Eli this incredible task to teach Samuel the word of the Lord. Is Eli a perfect person? By no stretch of the imagination. But God can use flawed people to teach, especially our youth, our young the word of the Lord. To teach them how to discern it, to teach them how to understand it. And it's nice to feel God's heartstrings, the Holy Spirit tugging at our, at our hearts. When I, when I put together lessons, when I work on, on lessons throughout the week, I feel the Holy Spirit might be moving me to say this or that. And then uh, a lot of y'all have told this, this story too about when I came to Kilgore, Texas... I felt a burning desire to go to Kilgore. I've never only driven through Kilgore. I never stopped in Kilgore. But for some reason, I felt like I needed to call Chandler Street Church of Christ. I think I talked to Lisa on the phone. I said, do y'all have a youth minister? And they were looking. I can't explain those things, but those are kind of neat when the word of the Lord is speaking to us. But... That's not where we're looking for the word of the Lord most of the time. The word of the Lord, we are such a blessed generation that we have it written to us in this book. And it's written in in ways that we can understand it now better than than ever before in history. And we can have it on our phone and we we can listen to it as we go. The way we know when our hearts are feeling, our heartstrings are feeling tugged at, is if it matches up with what's said in Scripture. The Word of the Lord is written to us, and people like Eli were called to teach Samuel how to listen to the Word of God, and we are now called to teach our children the Word of the Lord. How do we do that? We teach them the Bible. That's when God is speaking to us. We teach these stories of the Bible to our students, to our children. There can't be a greater thing for us to listen to God and follow through than to teach our children. On September 24th, we're going to have a teacher planning and fellowship luncheon and where we're going to try to fill a calendar out and make sure we have teachers for our students Not because we just need to put someone in a place, but we want to teach our children what it means to listen to the Word of God. To listen so they can discern what He's saying, to understand what He's saying, so they can apply that to their lives. And they can be God's servants. My parents were a teaching team all when I was in uh, high school and junior high. I think they taught either the fourth or fifth grade and my mom she's the speaker in the family and so she she uh she would she would give the bible lessons and my dad just had this big tupperware container i i I can picture it right now as this big manila or yellow tupperware container that he filled with candy and when the kids would answer questions correctly my dad would throw candy at the kids And he had that Tupperware container every Sunday. And so, my friends that were, when I was in high school and junior high, they'd go and see my dad because my dad had a big bowl of candy. So, my dad was the candy man at church. My mom taught the lessons. My dad had the candy. And God called them to be this husband-wife little teacher team. And that, what a beautiful thing to have. That's an easy task for God to call you to be the candy man, right? kind of a fun task a nice task but you know what god doesn't always call us to do just easy things i love it when god does call us to do easy things but god also calls us to do things that are tough and samuel was called to do something that was kind of tough it says in verse 10 the lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At the time I will carry out, At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I've spoken against his family from the beginning to the end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about His sons blasphemed against God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering. God had a pretty, sounds harsh, plans for Eli and Eli's sons. And this was going to be a hard thing for Samuel to do, for Samuel to sit and tell Eli what God has planned for him. Samuel grew up with Eli and, and grew up with this family. And can you imagine sitting down your parents and having a stern talk with them? That would be difficult, right? Sometimes God calls us to do difficult things. And while this is tough for Samuel, it might be tough for Eli to hear. It might be tough for the sons to hear. It's going to be good news for the nation of Israel because they've been being taken advantage of. Sometimes God's commands for us, sometimes what he wants us to do sound tough. They sound hard. And we can either welcome the good news or we can turn away from it. That's why the, Paul says to the Romans, in Romans 10, verse 16, he says, not all Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed this is our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not all hear? And he says, of course they did. Not all want to hear the good news, or maybe they all heard the good news, but not all want to listen, not all want to obey, not all want to do what God is calling for us to do, and because it's hard. Sometimes what God wants from us is time-consuming. Sometimes what God wants from us is going to take from us either our time, sometimes our resources, Sometimes putting us in uncomfortable positions. Sometimes it's just knowing that I'm going to spend a week or a month or a quarter in a class teaching kids where I might feel uncomfortable doing that. God can call us into doing some tough things. But He's Lord and we're called to answer what He's asking us to do. verse 15, it says, Samuel laid down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What is it he said to you, Eli asked? Don't hide it from me. May God deal with you ever so severely if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what's good in his eyes. Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what was going on. He was afraid to tell Eli this news that was going to be good for Israel, but bad for him. But Eli knew what the words of the Lord, he knew that the words of the Lord are going to be just. The words of the Lord are going to be good, and sometimes Eli knew that he allowed his sons to go too far, he allowed his sons to blaspheme God, he allowed his sons to take advantage of people, and he understood why God was going to be upset. Sometimes the things that God calls us to do are easy, and sometimes the things that God calls us to do are tough. We've heard of the story of the, the prophet Jonah. Most of us, when we hear Jonah, what do we think about? In the belly of a fish, right? But Jonah is first told to us in Second Kings. In Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25, God had a task for Jonah. And his task was this, in Second Kings it says, Jeroboam II recovered the territories of Israel between Lebo-Hamath and the Dead Sea, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised through Jonah the prophet. What was Jonah's first task that we read about in the Bible? It was that Israel was going to gain a whole lot of its land back. You think that's a hard message to tell people? No, that's simple. You go tell the king, look, God is going to fulfill his promise and he's going to give you the land that's been taken from you. That's good news, right? So Jonah was known as the good news prophet. Until God calls him to do something hard. That's to go to Nineveh. That's to go and tell the people that he really didn't like that they needed to repent or God was going to destroy them. And and guess what Jonah was upset about? Not that he was scared to go to Nineveh, that he knew that God was so loving and forgiving that he would forgive those people if they repented. And that's exactly what happened. And Jonah didn't like that news. And so the first time he didn't listen to God, and then after being in the belly of a fish, he listened. God calls us to listen to him. So that book I mentioned at the beginning of, of Stephen Covey. He gives us four ways that we can be effective listeners, and I think we can apply this to our spiritual life as well. The first thing he says is, listen completely, 100%. When someone's talking, we need to listen. And so one of the things I get out of that is when God's speaking to us, we need to stop all other distractions when we're listening to sermons or when we are in class or when we're reading his scripture Take all the other distractions away and listen to what the Word of God is speaking to us. The second is, wait for them to completely finish. Wait for the speaker to completely finish what they're saying. And what I get from that is, we don't just need to come once a week to hear the message of God and then then go away, but we need to add more scripture to our life, our own personal Bible study. Class is good because what do we do in Bible class? We learn more about the Lord. That's what we do in small groups. We, we learn more about what he's saying to us. That's why we meet midweek on Wednesday nights to learn what God's saying. So what he's saying is completely, wait till you, the speaker is completely done. Now, we're never going to be done listening to God, but we want to have as much of what God's saying to us in our lives as we possibly can. And after we listen to a message from God, whether it's through Scripture or a class or a sermon, I think we need to pause, this is the third thing, and think about what the Scripture has said. And I believe this is where we add prayer to our life. When we hear what God said to us, how can we apply that to our lives? And pray about that and pray what God wants us to do, how we want to do the fourth thing. And that's forming our response. And when we form our response, basically we can do one of two things. When we hear what God's telling us, we can either obey what God's saying and move where God's calling us to move, or we can choose to listen to the ways of the world, or we can choose to listen to what's in our own heart. We can choose to listen to our own will and not follow God. At the end of every sermon, I give an invitation and... The invitation is nice. If, you, if someone wants to come forward, that's a, that's, a, that's a nice thing. But not every invitation requires you to come forward. However, every sermon, I believe, requires us to make some sort of response. A response to what did God say to us today? And a response to how are we going to apply that to our life and what are we going to do with what God was calling us to do? If we're going to listen to God today, what is he telling us to do? Maybe he's telling us good news, good easy things. Or maybe he's telling us something hard. Maybe God's asking you to seek help from the pain you might have in this world. Seek help through prayer. Through our brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe God's asking you to give more time to him. Maybe God's asking you to give more resources to him to help those that are are hurting, to advance His kingdom message. Maybe God's calling you to be a Bible teacher this this, uh, upcoming year. Maybe God's calling you to drop some habits that you've formed. Maybe God's calling you to leave a sinful situation that you're in right now. Or maybe He's calling you to fully commit your life to Him by being baptized and having your sins washed away. God's speaking to us, maybe all of us a little bit differently each day. And my prayer is that you and me, when God speaks, will listen to what He's saying and will respond in a way that's pleasing to Him and that helps us let Him work through our lives as we listen to His will. If there's anything we can do for you, please come while we stand and sing.